Hey, fabulous listener. If you want to become a powerful and profitable trauma-informed coach, my business partner, Kushla, and I have a special free five-day training starting next Monday, April 29th. To join us, you can simply message me the word powerful at Erin Anderson Trauma Coach on Instagram or on Facebook, you can find me at Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and we'll send you the details so you can join us. We're going to be sharing some special training on our body, mind, energy approach to help clients have faster shifts and healing and how we make a consistent five figures each month as trauma-informed coaches. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know may like, make sure you come join us for this five-day challenge. We're going to be sharing more in there than most paid programs. Hey, everyone. It's Erin Anderson with the Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching. I am super excited that you have tuned in today. Let's get talking about how to heal from betrayal trauma. Welcome to the other side of the struggle. This is a podcast where we talk about trauma, how to heal it, and then how to take it and use it to unlock your mission and your potential and to use it to live your very best dream life. When you're dealing with betrayal trauma, it can be hard to know how to heal it, how to stop the pain, and to know what your next steps are to take in your own life. And these are the questions that we try to answer here. Trauma has the ability to rob us of our joy and identity, which is why it's so miserable to experience. But with the right tools and with the right mindset, we can totally reclaim that joy and even use this trauma to strengthen ourselves so that way trauma does not knock us off of our joy again. Living your dream life should be a non-negotiable, but trauma tends to try to negotiate that with you. And even though trauma is not something that we will completely ever be free of in our life, the pain is negotiable. This is why I created Erin Anderson Betrayal Trauma Coaching and this podcast is because I want my listeners, I want my clients to live, truly live free from the prison that trauma can put you in. I want you to live on the other side of the struggle. Welcome back to another episode of The Other Side of the Struggle. This week is a little bit different. I'm actually being interviewed by my good friend, Bonnie Randall, um, about how to have some really difficult conversations with your husband and um, how to set some boundaries 
when we really are not sure how to even navigate boundaries. And so this was just a really, really great conversation to be having with Bonnie. I can't wait to share it with you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I do. Okay. Welcome back to the Come Off Conqueror show, everybody. I'm your host, Bonnie, and joining me is a fan favorite, Aaron Anderson, who's done a couple videos with us already. Welcome back, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. Erin is a betrayal trauma coach. If you have missed any of her episodes, the two previous we've done, I'll link to those below so you can listen. She is amazing, you guys. She is a wealth of knowledge of how to recover and um, heal from betrayal trauma. And when we say betrayal trauma, we're talking about any sort of betrayal, like addictions from your spouse or pornography or being cheated on or maybe they spent all the money, whatever it is, like gambling addictions, you name it. If you have felt betrayed in some way or your trust has been lost in some way, she is the girl who knows how to fix that and how to help you heal from it. (laughs) I just learned that she also works with not just the one who feels betrayed, but the other person as well. So you get some marriage cook counseling in there <laughs> as well. Erin, um, I brought you on, as you know, to kind of discuss a really uh, sensitive topic for a lot of people in our yeah. group, in our community, and that is building boundaries and having difficult conversations. And you know this all too well, that people who have been betrayed or had their trust broken, it's really hard to then speak up mm-hmm. and say what you feel you need to say. So Aaron is the perfect person for us to bring on for <laughs> that. This is also the topic for our monthly support group meeting, and she will be joining us for the support group meeting too. So yep. we can do a Q&A during that, but we wanted to record kind of a quick introduction into the topic and her suggestions first so that everybody could watch this video before we have our meeting, so that we could just dive right into everyone's questions and concerns and get some real-life personalized help from our amazing coach. So without further ado, Erin, help us unpack why first do we, um, people who have been abused, traumatized, whatever, lost our trust. Why is it so hard for us to then speak up? Well, honestly, I'd have to say because there's a lot of guilt and shame that come with relationships in general. (laughs) You know, like if I'm going to backpedal this just a minute, we're told, you know, in scripture and in, in church, that one of our most important things is our relationships, right? Mm-hmm. But relationships often have with them uh, a lot of trauma and a lot of baggage and a lot of stuff that everybody has to unpack, right? And when you're dealing with insecurities, when somebody like validates the insecurity immediately you you buy into that as truth mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. instead of what is actually the truth 
And the reason why, if we are getting into the subconscious level of this, it's because we know instinctively that the only person we can have any control over is ourselves. And so if we want a certain result, we try to find out how we can be responsible for that result, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're getting all of this feedback. And if we get all this negative feedback, then we can say, oh, I need to do this, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and I need to do this. Right? Yeah. So because we're getting this negative feedback and we're taking it on, we're believing it to be absolute truth, now we're trying to create some sort of a result with that. But that becomes really frustrating because we think we're acting on truth, but we're getting a completely different result than what we wanted. Yeah. And so we get confused and that causes us to completely shut down. And we don't want to speak something that's either going to harm us or harm our spouse because we're, again, taking on too much of the situation. We're taking it all on our shoulders. So how do you feel about boundaries? It's a legitimate question. A lot of people come to me really struggling with this concept. They often feel guilty for setting boundaries or they're not sure about even what a boundary is. You know, they've heard the term, set the boundary, things like that, but that's really confusing for them because it's not something that's well taught in our society nowadays, right? They know that boundaries are really important to having healthy, constructive, supportive, and wonderful relationships, but why? And oftentimes, they also know that they feel like their boundaries are being violated, but they can't quite pinpoint what the boundary is that's being violated. That's why I've created the Clarifying and Creating Your Boundaries free PDF. You can find out what your boundaries are, how to tune in to what the boundary needs to be, and how to effectively create and communicate your boundary. So that way you stay in this place that respects you, respects the other person, but also gives you the confidence in your boundaries. So that way you stop being gaslighted, disrespected, and unseen. Having your boundaries really clear gives you a voice and also helps the other person stay in accountability with themselves. So that's not a role that you have to take on anymore. So if you are ready to really have clear boundaries, to really understand what your role is in the boundary, and to give yourself some safety and some protection against people that might try to gaslight you or are just being disrespectful, go grab my Creating and Clarifying Your Boundary PDF at ErinAndersonTheTraumaCoach.com. And while you're there, let's schedule a call with me. Come have a chat with me so that way I can really, really help you master this particular skill, creating boundaries, clarifying the boundary, communicating that boundary. And so that way I can also help you have relationships that show up to support you, cherish you, and love you. So 
Let me make sure I'm understanding you. So because we have been wounded in the past, um, we have guilt and shame and maybe a false paradigm to pull from. So like um, false truths. So if something comes up that we need to talk about, we use that past experience to tell us this is an unsafe situation and this is not going to be, this is not going to go well. Is that kind of like what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I thank you for bringing that up because yeah, because you're dealing with two opposing forces here, self-preservation and everyone else preservation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's what I'm saying. Trying to take everything on yourself. Right. And we don't, we also don't want to be like so deeply into self-preservation because we don't want to come off self-centered and, and, you know, like prideful and a jerk and all of these things. And so then we get into that, you know, preserving everybody else's ego. And this is like what I call, you know, the throw yourself under the bus syndrome. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what ends up happening. And this is why we silence ourselves is because to us, it's a lot easier to throw ourselves under the bus than someone else, right? We don't want to throw anybody else under the bus. We that 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 would be like a major self betrayal. Yeah. People don't behave above what they believe about themselves, right? So somewhere, we believe we're a kind human being, but I think we get what kindness is wrong. Because nothing is kind for either party by allowing yourself to be the bus mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Like it's enabling the bad behavior is not kind to you or to the person you're enabling. Right. Mm-mm. It also makes me think of like another motivation is what if I'm wrong? What if my perception of the situation is wrong? Like mm-hmm. if we've been gaslighted in the past where we've been told we're wrong a lot, right? And even though it is reality, eventually if you're told you're wrong enough, you start to doubt reality, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so like sometimes there's this, well, what if like my perception of this is not actually accurate. I know I fall into that category a lot where I'm like, it's not just about being kind and I want to like keep status quo and not anger the other person or rock the boat, right? I definitely have some like, don't rock the boat personality traits in there. I hate contention. That stems from childhood stuff. Um, I know so many people in our community can understand that feeling. Um, <laughs> Same here. <laughs> and then there's the, but what if I'm also wrong? Like, I don't want to rock the boat. And I partly don't want to rock the boat because it's like, is it worth rocking the boat if I'm not right? You know, like, so if we go deeper, it's not just about being kind, but it's also, there's a flaw in me and a flaw in my thinking somewhere. There's got to be. Like, I can't be totally correct. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. So I want to address that in two ways, like the rock the boat and then like, what if I'm wrong, right? So first and foremost, have you ever met an angry person? (laughs) 
No, never. <laughs> I'm never angry either. So, no. <laughs> so consider like their actions and the, like they're big and they're like all over the place. Mm-hmm. If you're in a boat with someone who's angry, who's rocking the boat? The angry person, not me. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. He's actually rocking the boat. Hmm. Yeah, you're actually not the one rocking that boat. <laughs> you're just stating the truth and people can or cannot handle that. That's that's the way that lands, right? Huh. But by stating your perception and somebody else getting triggered because of that perception, okay, that's not you rocking the boat. You're simply looking for truth. This is where we get to dial it down to our intentions for a second. Are you stating what you're thinking to make that person mad? No. Absolutely not. You're stating what you're thinking because this is your perception. And you would like to hear their perception from a truth perspective So that way you guys can come to a similar perception and you can move together forward as a whole in a, in a wonderful relationship. So really what's happening is this person and, you know, no judgment. Everybody's been angry. Everybody's like, I threw a metal chair at my husband's head one day. Okay. I definitely was the one that rocked the boat that day (laughs) and created a hole in the wall. No, he doesn't. (laughs) So I get it. I get it. That's why, like, there's no judgment, none (laughs) whatsoever. But I was the one rocking that boat. We can recognize that it's the angry people that are the ones rocking the boat, not the truth seekers. We now, like, if something comes up in my life or one of my relationships, that does put me off in a sense, right? Or triggers me in some way. Instead of immediately reacting to it, I immediately go to, okay, well, I'm feeling triggered. What are my thoughts about this? Right? Mm -hmm. Because from there, we can start to access what is really, really true. Mm -hmm. See, emotions are fabulous, fabulous gauges. If we're getting angry about something or if we're feeling guilty, if we're feeling shame, if we're feeling uh, really anything, and we check into what the thoughts are that are creating that, mm-hmm. oftentimes we're going to find a lie. Mm. Yeah, yeah, false belief or some yes. sort. Okay. So, for example, you know, um, checking into the t- different ways that these two statements sound, right? I am not lovable. I'm worthless. Nobody is ever going to care about me. It's like there's no point to my life, right? Those were some of my thoughts. And I didn't understand, like, you know, the correlation between thoughts and and emotions at that point. But it made me feel so low. Right. When I understood this piece, that that's calling God a liar. Because I do believe that I am his child. I do believe that he created me 
And I do believe he creates miracles and perfection. So comparing the previous belief that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, nobody will love me, to, well, if God created me, I'm a miracle. And I'm already perfect. Do you feel the difference in the emotion? Yeah, yeah. There's a, how do you, and you have to reconcile those, right? Like, decide which one's real. Yeah. And so this is why we get to go back to our foundational truths, right? It's important to understand your your understanding of God, mm-hmm. right? To me, when I had that previous belief, right, the one that made me feel low, I believed I had this long-distance relationship with him, right? That he created me and he left and I, I was abandoned by him. And, you know, once in a while he might look my direction and say, oh, yeah, I forgot about you, Right. But that's that's not a perfect father. That's not a perfect father. And he wants to be perfect for us. Specifically, uniquely for us. And he wants to meet every child's needs and desires and wants perfectly. Well, then my perception had to be wrong. There's no way it could be right. However, if I'm believing that I am his daughter, then that means I also have characteristics, his favorite characteristics about himself and his wife. And that's what created me. And he bestowed those upon you. Yes. And that's what I'm created from. Yeah. No, I am love. Therefore, I am kind of a superhero, right? There's no, like, truly, like, and there's no pride in that sentence, right? Like, there's no pride. That's, that's like true humility. The most humbling thing I've ever experienced in my life was understanding myself to that perspective. Yeah. People don't behave above what they believe about themselves. So what if we try on the God goggles for a moment and apply that perspective to ourselves? What would we see? What would change? What would shift? And all of a sudden, our voices take on a whole new characteristic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that the ability to speak up is rooted in our foundational belief of who we are mm-hmm. eternally and intrinsically? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And I don't think I've ever really thought about it that way. That I mean, I've thought about that that is the foundation of our self-worth and this foundation of self-confidence and, you know, achieving success and goals and all these other things. But I've never really thought of it as it's also the foundation of setting healthy boundaries and speaking and using, you know, and what's the word? Um, setting. 
when you speak up, you set boundaries, right? Like that's a part of it. And it's also speaking your truth. That's what I was looking for, was speaking our truth and speaking what we really feel. And it's not just about boundaries, but speaking what's what's inside of us. And if we have the confidence of I am divine and I'm a part of God, he made me, therefore he didn't make any mistakes. If we see that within ourselves, then we have the ability to speak kindly in a charitable and kind way that we can speak our truth without being angry and rocking the boat without throwing chairs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that from forever now. Throwing chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do I have it. my own things that I like to do. <laughs> don't worry. I throw words. I throw names. So, you know, chairs or names. Both are damaging. So, yes. Neither so. <laughs> one's very, really all that productive. No. I love that you said God goggles. If we put on the God goggles, what would we see? So help me. Um, let's transition then into, if you're ready to, transition into some practical application. How do we apply that knowledge now of who we are and believing that into practice? Yeah, totally. So um, I'm actually, I, I talk about this in um, in my program, The Unashamed Image, right, where, where a lot of women come to me and they're like, I'm so tired of being gaslighted. I, I need to set boundaries, but I'm not sure how. I want to create a life for myself and my kids and, and a family, but we've got all of this turmoil happening, right? So, so how do I deal with all of this? And it comes back down to this one principle we've been talking about, right? That when we have confidence in ourselves, it's nearly impossible for somebody to come and gaslight you because you're so confident in your ability to understand and recognize truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You it's, it's truth and that's what's not happening when you're being gaslighted. Yes. Perception of reality is being altered. Exactly. And so it's really hard for somebody to come and change your perception of reality until they come to you with actual truth, something that you can understand. Right. Yeah. But they're not sitting there triggering the guilt and the shame because it's just not really a thing. Yeah. Right. We can, when we realize we're wrong, we can take ownership of that, forgive ourselves, change course. That's it. But it comes down to, and this gets into the boundary piece, confidence also comes down to setting some really, really good, strong boundaries with ourselves hmm. first, right? Um, you know, I was talking to the client about this early this morning because we were getting into her trauma cycle a little bit. And I was showing her where she kept getting pulled into it, right? And when we break the trauma cycles, we tell ourselves, we set a boundary for ourselves that I am not going to act upon, or negatively, I should say, I'm not going to act negatively upon any emotion. Mm. That's a good boundary. And that's a self-boundary that we get to set. And that also builds your confidence in a big way, right? Setting healthy boundaries is setting them with yourself, which I think is important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, like, like I was saying, this also builds your confidence, right? So to give kind of like a little bit of uh, conceptual evidence here, right? A few years ago, um, I had a neighbor and she was just a lovely, lovely soul. But uh, I had had a miscarriage a couple mm-hmm. of days before this incident. And then two days later, my dog got out in the road and got hit and killed. And when I went out to scoop my poor dog out of the street and go bury her, and here I am, I've just had a miscarriage, lost lots of blood, right? Um, Instead of coming out to help me, she came out to judge me. And she yelled at me and told me what a horrible person I was, how I shouldn't have kids, that I was, I shouldn't have animals, like, like, I should just go to hell and like all of these things. And so, so mean. And I'm like, oh, like, where's all of this coming from? Right. And of course, you know, after I got my dog buried and I felt all this anger, you know, towards how she had treated me, because there's no call for that. Right. Totally uncalled for. I went inside and I was like, oh, I'm going to go bake her some brownies and put dog poop in. (laughs) I considered that. I did. I didn't do it. I definitely didn't do it. But I considered, like, to myself that that boundary, like, I don't want to act negatively from any emotion. So what is the right thing to do here? And it was immediately, yeah, Bake her something. Don't put dog poop in it, but bake her something and take them over to her and just tell her you forgive her. How'd that go? Oh, she yelled at me a few, a little bit long, a little bit more. But I just kept reiterating. It's OK. I love you and I forgive you. It's OK. I love you and I forgive you. She tried to hand the bread back and I was like, no, it's fine. You can have it. No, no expectations. No judgment. No anger, no hate, none of that. It's it's not even a thing. And she, she came to this question at the end. Why are you so kind to me? And I told her, I said, because you deserve it. And I walked away, went home. And all of a sudden, I realized something about me. That I had in that one instance put myself above the trauma. I'd put myself above anybody that had wanted to come and hurt me. What that did for my confidence was Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. It didn't mean what she did was okay. Right. But the thing is. I'm not responsible for anything that she does, including her justice. I'm not responsible for it. And for me to try to chase the justice and try to make her pay for any of this, right? That is going to keep me stuck in a very miserable, very lonely situation for a very long time. And then what happens if the justice is met? Am I really going to feel better? Right. Or am I going to go search for another person to to justice? 
happen, right? <laughs> what am I going to do? It's a new verb. Just new verb. <laughs> Just <as then. laughs> But no, like I people don't behave above what they believe about themselves. Yeah. I realized in that moment who I truly am. And yeah. gave her the opportunity to have justice through Christ. It's not my responsibility. Right? Mm-hmm. And what that did for my confidence was insurmountable. And I don't share that story to be like, oh, look at me, I'm awesome, right? But it's, I do feel that way. I do feel like that says a lot about who I am and it's okay to say this. You know, if we get into this idea, like this idea in our head that to admit our greatness is prideful, well, then Christ was the most prideful person on the planet. Yeah. Because he himself, if you read the book of Matthew, talks about, I am greater than David. I am greater than Moses. I am greater than this temple. I am the greatest of all. He says that. And yet he's the most humble, most loving, most wonderful person. And, you know, going back to this kindness. Christ was also the most kind person, yet he told a Pharisee to their face that they're hypocrites. Right. But it wasn't because he was trying to hurt them. Right. Sometimes. The truth does cut, but the reason why is because we've had a festering wound there the entire time. Truth will lance that, let it drain, and then truth will also come back in and heal it. When we dedicate ourselves to truth, sometimes that is going to be just a bit of a prick. But 99% of the time, we're going to find who we are in that and that's a person you can be proud of yeah so to recap understanding who we are foundational stating our personal boundaries um, of not acting on negative emotions and using our understanding of who we are will help us create other boundaries. Yeah. Because when you create a boundary for yourself that you live by, all of a sudden you can also hold those boundaries for other people. A hypocrite is someone who creates boundaries for everyone else that they themselves are not willing to live by. And this is why it's really important to set them for yourself first, live them, and then all of a sudden you have actually a roadmap, a path of things that you yourself are living by. And when you state the boundary, you are inviting other people with similar boundaries and similar beliefs into your space. Boundaries are not about keeping other people out or telling other people what to do or creating all of these consequences for people, even though sometimes natural consequences do follow from a boundary. They are calling to people 
that have similar beliefs, similar practices, or people that really are ready to buy in to the truth. And that is what healthy relationships are built on. And that's why boundaries are so powerful. That's an interesting way to look at it. I don't think I've ever looked at it that way, that a boundary is inviting other people into your space that have truth. But it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Totally true. I've just never considered it from that foundational, like that basic principle. That's really interesting. So let's talk about in the meantime, while you're working on your trauma, right. And you're working on your self-esteem and your confidence and you're working on, um, building all of that. How do you uphold those boundaries with other people? So, um, this is what I call the five-step thought process. Okay. So you've got your circumstance. Now, this is the piece that you can prove in a court of law. So my husband's been looking at pornography, right? I I can prove it. It's it's there on his phone. I have seen it. Um, Or, you know, my husband has been really angry and moody lately, and, and he's been speaking in really not nice ways. Those are things that you can definitely prove in a court of law. Okay? But your thoughts about the matter we tend to think are the same thing. Right. Our perceptions. It's not. Our perceptions, we need to get really clear with what the perception is, right? And what mm-hmm. we think about it. Doesn't necessarily make it true, doesn't necessarily make it not true, but we do need to understand the perception. We can understand that perception by understanding what our feeling is. So we've got circumstance, thoughts, feelings, right? And the feelings are there to get our attention to something, right? And they're good at getting your attention. The fourth piece here is our actions. Oftentimes we're acting off of the emotion and not off of our perception. Does that make sense? No. And so, like, the day I threw the chair at my husband, right? I was acting off of the anger, mm. not what I really thought about the situation. Okay. I just had all of this anger inside of me. And so my immediate action was to chuck a metal chair at his head. The result was a hole in the wall and a few hundred dollars to fix it. Right. Wasn't a smart move. Definitely was not smart. And the cycle kind of continued where I felt all the shame and guilt. And now I, I don't know if I dare trust myself with boundaries. I, you know, and all those things, it, it broke my self-trust when that happened. But if you work this backwards, circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Okay. And you start with the result portion here. And you ask yourself the question, well, what is it that I actually really do want? Right. We're getting into intention here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want peace in my home. I want to have trust between my myself and my spouse. And I want to be cherished. Right. Those are all beautiful, beautiful results. Well, then, if we understand that there's actions that come before the results, we can start to wonder 
Okay, well, what do I need to do to create these results? Well, number one, we know boundaries are a piece of this. Well, what boundary do I need to set? Okay. And we'll get into that in just a second. We can ask ourselves, how would having those things make me feel? Right? And then what thoughts do I need to possess in order to have those feelings? So for me, to give an example of this, okay, the result I wanted was, honestly, if I'm going to peel back all of these layers, was to feel like a fantastic human in all situations, right? To feel like I, could, I had self-control. Because I did not have self-control the day I hucked the chair at my husband's head, right? I was totally out of control, and I didn't like who I became that day, mm -hmm. right? But I loved the person that forgave her neighbor for all of the mean things she said, mm -hmm. right? Loved that person. I felt like a fantastic human when I forgave. Right. Okay? The action was I forgave. Why? Because of another boundary I set with myself, right? That I'm not going to be responsible for someone else's justice. And if you hear that, I'm not responsible for someone else's justice. I am not going to allow people to trigger me, right? Or I'm not going to, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm not going to act negatively upon my emotions that that was the other boundary right mm -hmm. well when we state those boundaries we're also stating a truth boundaries are built off of truth right right and so you know for an example say um you know because this is something i i, I see a lot of a uh, husband comes home, he's really irritable. Um, maybe he starts yelling and screaming at the kids. Or maybe he starts looking at porn and you wake up and catch him. You know, there's lots of different things that are not acceptable, right? But we can set a boundary here by saying something along the lines of, I'm going to stop you for a second. How do you feel right now? Do you feel good about your actions? Do you feel good about who you are right now? Does this make you proud of yourself? Obviously, the answer is going to be no. Well, what would? The idea, when we can start setting boundaries for ourselves, it starts changing the way we think, right, about ourselves. And when we can start understanding that thought process, we can guide other people to a similar thought process. And that puts them in accountability with themselves, which is exactly where you want someone. Yeah, I'm not sure I could ever say that 
until I was strong enough to handle the backlash. Like if I were to say that to my spouse or anyone, I can see them thinking that that was so self-righteous and yelling and making it worse. So how do you handle, how do you say that in such a way that like it's a loving reproof and not, I mean, I guess you can't really, I don't know, you can't control how they react to you. No, Um, you can't, but you can say something. That's an interesting perspective. Thank you so much for sharing. I hope that makes you happy. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. And again, that's setting the boundary that I'm not going to get pulled into their perspective. Yeah. Right? Because they're not showing me any tangible proof that they're right. And I can't tell you how many times that boundary alone works very well with someone that is being completely and utterly in their own head. Yeah. Hmm. Right. So I had someone a few months ago that um, somebody really close to me and we were texting and they got really upset (laughs) because I simply shared truth with them. And so they didn't like it. They got mad and they tried to bait me. And this is what people do when they're feeling really guilty about something and they don't like the truth in order to get the the focus off of themselves. They'll bait you. So that way the focus becomes on you. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you're instead of in this offensive position, you're in an offensive position. Right. Right. This is like. People can get this. Well, this person decided to tell me that I was a terrible mom because I ran a business from home. There's no way that I can take care of my kids properly and that they never had the luxury of um, spending hours uh, oogling over a computer and ignoring their family. Right. Well, number one, that's not there's not a bit of that that's true. Two, I understood it for what it was, just a bait and switch, because they were uncomfortable. It was easier to try to get me to be uncomfortable than for them to actually see what it was they needed to see. But also, number three, it's not my responsibility to get people to understand truth. If they want truth, they'll come to me. Right? Yeah. And so I simply stated that. That's an interesting perspective. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome to believe that if that is what makes you happy. What do they say in return? It doesn't make me happy. <laughs> well, why is that? Well, then maybe change your perspective, but <laughs> right? that does make you happy. Right? <laughs> yeah. But eventually they came back to me later and they did apologize because the thing is, is I am not taking on the responsibility of their perception. That's their perception. It is their responsibility to change it if it's not making them happy. It's not our responsibility to change anybody else's perception. 
Yeah. I think that's important to know about boundaries is that a boundary isn't meant to change someone else, right? It's just, which is kind of hard. I think sometimes we want it to be that way. (laughs) We want to change someone, but we don't, we have to understand our roles, right? Like my role is to control me and only me. I can't control anyone else. They have their free agency and their free will. And I need to honor that, especially if I want people to honor mine. Well, and if they truly do want a deep, connected, loving relationship with you, and this person does with me, okay? People get mad. They they say things they don't mean. It happens all the time, right? But because this person didn't want a deep, connected relationship with me, they came back and apologized because I gave them the space to do it. See, I didn't put myself in their space. I was just like, nope, I'm not going there, right? You're welcome to that. Because they still had all that space to themselves, they were able to shift their belief and their perception. I want to point out what you just said. I didn't put myself in their space. You decided not to dance with them. They weren't a good dance partner, right? Like you were not going to go down this negative battle proving yourself and fighting with them over something you just took that off the table and it gave them the chance to see truth i think that's really important because sometimes we want to fight and we want to prove that we're right and so does the other person and then it just becomes this toxic blow up and people say not any things i can think of a situation for me personally where I have a uh, someone in my life who loves to dance. <laughs> they love to fight. They love to debate and they love to be right. And they've obviously got something going on inside of them that needs that they need to feel like they're mm-hmm. right. And I have been wanting to say something for a while now to set the record straight on something that's going on. I haven't wanted to because I just didn't want to get into the debate. Like it just like it's exhausting. And I just I'm like, I don't even want to go there with you. But I thought that that was being a chicken, that that wasn't setting a healthy boundary. But you're helping me see that maybe me not dancing with her or him is actually setting a good boundary of saying, I'm not going to get into the mud with you. Like we're not going to fight because this is not worth fighting over and i don't know it's interesting yeah you can absolutely choose not to be contentious but still state the truth it's the other person that's rocking the boat right simply because they didn't like the truth but it comes full circle it does it comes full circle but the other thing too is if i'm responsible for my for seeing truth and accepting truth and in loving truth and building my character off of truth so is someone else it's not my responsibility therefore to prove it and we get caught up in that prove it energy so somewhere we can feel justified or the right one or like when you're okay with yourself and you do love yourself, it's okay to not have to prove it. And there's no point 
improving it. And when we, here's a really interesting piece to this. Um, I have found that when people demand that I prove something to them, right? That I just know for a fact is true. Well, then I am choosing to allow them to bait me. I am choosing to allow them to consistently step all over my boundaries. That's what ends up happening. When we feel like our boundaries are consistently being stepped on, it's somewhere in there that is a prove-it energy. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we want to show them we're right. Yeah. That's not our responsibility. And so when we take all that responsibility back and we just give it to ourselves and we allow ourselves to have respect, to give respect, even when somebody doesn't deserve it, right? It's not about whether or not they deserve to have respect. It's whether or not you deserve to give respect, right? Because, again, it comes down to that I feel like a fantastic human when I'm respectful, even though somebody else is not. I feel like a fantastic human when I communicate in respectful ways. It's still respectful to say that's an interesting perspective. You are totally welcome to that perception if that makes you happy. Right? Yeah. That's still respectful. There's nothing at all disrespectful about that. And if somebody comes and tells us that that's disrespectful, Right? Well, what is respect to them? If it's making you, and I've had people like this in my life, if it's making you do everything that they think you should do, living every single one of their expectations, that's not respect. That's not respectful for you, and that's definitely not respectful for them because that still doesn't give them the opportunity to feel like a fantastic human. That gives them the opportunity to feel like a control freak Mm -hmm. and to hide from themselves. That's exactly what that does. It's a really interesting perception. Well, we have um, ran out of time and we've covered a lot of ground. And I don't know about anyone else who's listening, but for me, this has definitely been super helpful. Um, I feel like I've got a really great, foundation for building healthy boundaries starting with what is truth what do i want and what are the boundaries i'm going to set for myself and then holding those for other people as well i think that's a really great thing is there anything else um along these lines that you would like to um uh say before i let you go you've spent so much time with us i really appreciate it (laughs) No problem. I enjoy it. Um, number one, I have had people come to me, you know, that feel like what I say is kind of harsh, right? Because these are some pretty solid truths, and sometimes these truths definitely do cut, right? And just know that that's definitely not the intention behind these, that once we can start peeling back layers and understanding human behavior and our own behavior and their own thinking 
we can start to shift to grow to change as long as we're willing to one to first and foremost accept ourselves good bad ugly morning breath you name it (laughs) (laughs) when we can accept all of the flaws because let me tell you something, and this is going to get me a little emotional. I have six kids. They're not perfect. But man, do I love their imperfections. Doesn't mean I'm blind to their imperfections. It doesn't mean that I don't understand their weaknesses. But it Love is not conditional. No part of it is ever conditional. My love is so powerful for my own children. So when we accept truth, because the truth of my matter is, is my kids are magnificent. They're awesome. They are the best. And if we apply that perception to ourselves, Love becomes unconditional. True love is unconditional. And when you give that to yourself, any trigger, any trauma, anything that comes your way, if you're giving yourself daily, minute by minute, deposits of love, Anything that comes your way, that love is sufficient enough to cover the costs. So if my message is in any way offensive to someone, because sometimes those truths are pretty sharp. I get that. Truly, my intention is not to hurt you, but to give you a perspective where you fall completely head over heels in love with yourself because God loves you that way. And if you can gain that and, again, put on those God goggles, right, and love yourself to that degree and forgive yourself for your your shortcomings because forgiveness is for the giving. It's not for the keeping, not for the justice. It's for the giving. You can have a happy, wonderful, joy-filled life no matter what. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you, Erin. You're welcome, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on. You are a joy and always full of really great advice and wisdom. And we're just going to keep having you on the show because it's (laughs) always great to hear from you and love it when you participate in our group and give suggestions and answers and whenever we can share your stuff too. It's, It's always really good. So Thank you so much for being here. Everybody, please give this video a thumbs up, share it, go follow Erin and check out her stuff. She really is fantastic, as you can see from today. Um, Maybe we can get a link to that program that you were talking about or your website where people can um, schedule an appointment with you. Maybe consultation to see if you're the right coach for them. She is fantastic, you guys. I love her dearly. Wouldn't keep having her on the show if we did it. And I like, you probably have noticed, I tag her in like everything. I'm like, Erin, thoughts on this? She's just, she's always spot on. So 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, go give those cute kids a hug for me. And everyone oh, yes. else, you go give your kids a cute hug for me too. I love all of you. Thank you. Until next time. God bless everybody. Bye guys. Okay. So I've got a question for you. Have you joined my free Facebook group or Instagram page yet? If you haven't, go and do that. And this is the reason why. I always post my freebies, updated information, and all kinds of goodies for my community in that page. I'm also really active. I post videos. I answer questions. So if you guys really, really want to get in and interact with me, Go like me on Facebook. Go join my group, The Other Side of the Struggle, Healing from Betrayal Trauma. Come find me on Instagram, Erin Anderson, Betrayal Trauma Coach. And come follow me because I always have something good there just for you, my audience. And I love connecting with you there. I also post anytime that I have groups going on. I talk sometimes about my programs. So if you guys are interested in working with me or even just following me and getting as much free content as you possibly can, go hang out in my group. Go connect with the ladies that are there. Um, also come and join Immune and Unashamed uh, for those married couples that are following me because in that group, me and my business partner, Kaisen Kid, are also talking and offering some great content. Hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me today and listening in on this podcast.